Hello and welcome back to the Alternative Podcast. This is episode 17. Uh, it's just me and Aaron today, so no guest. Uh, we've got a bit of a different episode in store. We're going to be firstly going over our top five hip-hop albums of all time. So me and Aaron are big hip-hop advocates. Um, probably more of classic hip-hop compared to what's coming out in modern day. Um so it's been a fun week for me because I've been listening to, it's an excuse to just sit and listen to some old school classics, um, as well as some modern-ish. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go through our top five, starting with number five. But before we do, how did you find the process of uh, your top five? Or... Yeah, well, let me just say something. You say modern, I think the oldest album of mine is, but the newest album of mine is from like 2010. So, I think was like 12 years ago yeah but what, it's I think like it's 2010 modern classics then right yes oh so yeah we've got our top five and then we've got an honorable mentions i had a bit of a i put too much work into this and i ended up with a massive honorable mentions list is it 2010 i know which one yours you, you that one is then yeah but then i'm honorable classics i've got one i think it's 20 2018 Oh, 2018. Mm. <laughs> Spanner in the work. I got 2011 in my honourable mentions. 2011. That's your newest. Unless this... Oh, no, this one came out. Uh, 2012, but that's in... 2012. Right, I think what albums came out in 2012. <laughs> you better have this somewhere on yours. But the other thing I wanted to say as well, when we were talking about it before, is... These lists that we've, what I noticed when finding like my, my albums was, I was like, oh, everyone's going to be pissed off if that's not in my top five or oh, that <laughs> one should, should be. But then I was thinking, actually, like these, this list, this top five is, is based on like when you've listened to it, not when you first listened to it, but what was going through like your life at the time of listening to this album. And I think that plays a lot in how much you appreciate an album. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's like a lot of it's personal to you. Like my number one, I wouldn't say is the greatest hip hop album of all time. Yeah. But it's number it's number one to me. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if we put this into a shorter clip or anything, people are like, what the fuck, why have you not put this guy in? Why, why is it you've not even listed this artist? It doesn't, it's not about what is considered the best. It's yeah, personal to, to ourselves. And that's the great thing why why we do like people do stuff like this. Yeah. Um, another thing I was going to mention. I think I took a different approach to you. I went just with my gut and what I could think of at the time. Wrote down all my favorite albums or what I could think of there and then, and then just stuck with those. I didn't like any of that popped into my head later. I thought and I didn't think of that at the time, so it's not what I can consider in my top five. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and these top five are like, except for one that I've only, I think you already know that. Um, I didn't forget it existed. I just never really listened to it. Like, I never really went back and listened to it. Yeah, since it, since until, you, until recently. Since it got made into a modern classic with that one, because I know. Yeah. Like, I used to listen to it a lot when it first came out, and then I just never went back and listened to it. Yeah. But we'll discuss some more later. Yeah, well, as we right. get to them. So, you right. start with number five. Yeah. 
Do you want to do, you want to do it first, though, shall I? Yeah, I'll stop. Enter the Wu Tang. Oh, fuck, I thought they <laughs> I just think Enter the Wu Tang's such a sick album. It's so fucking raw. The production's raw. The rapping's yeah. raw. Everything about it is raw. I just love it. it gives you that proper um, raw New York feel. Yeah. And uh, the main reason why I put it on in my top five, because I don't necessarily, well, I, I oh, I'm not going to mess this up, but I love Wu Tang. But if this album didn't exist, I don't think I would have that love yeah. for it. Because none of I'm these the albums, they, they are good albums. They don't come close to how good this album actually is. And I'm, I was a bit annoyed putting it at number five, but it's uh, it's in it's in the top. Yeah, I think it like I'm the same. Like if it wasn't for this album, I wouldn't really listen to Wu Tang. But this album has like made them probably the best rap group ever. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. deserve to be in the top five. Um, I think fifth place for me is where. It should be considering the albums above it. Um, well, I was stuck between four and five, but I think I made a good choice uh, with number five. It was really, I found it really difficult to be honest doing this top five. Yeah, th- this is what I said. Like, it's hard, like, just to pick five albums and put it in a top five, never mind putting it in order. But it does make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, there were some of the albums, though, and we Enter the Wu Tang's one of them where. Yes, that's going in the top five. It's just a matter of where in the top five. It's yeah. Like, Enter the Wu-Tang's estate, like, do you know, I've got some albums on my Spotify. I think I've got three albums on my Spotify that I've downloaded and I can listen to them offline. That's one of them. Okay, yeah. So my full, I've also only got a select few downloaded and my full top five are in there. And then a couple of honourable mentions are in there. But yeah, Enter the Wu-Tang is, would never, ever, I know we say that rap's gone, but that's that sliver of time for Enter the Wu-Tang. Um, I know we, we're, it's not really our era as such, but obviously with the great thing about music is you can be part of that era. You can like, it's like a time capsule into the past. Yeah. And we're never, ever, ever going to see another album that's even like sort of close to the uniqueness of that. No, definitely not. Um, like, when was it? I think it came out in 93. And it, it feels like it came from 93 as well when you listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's another album I've got, which is my number four, which came out a couple of years after. It does feel like it's from the 90s, but it's, I think the production's still so good on it. It's still like, if it came out today, you'd still be like, all oh, right, like, this is like solid. There are a couple of songs on it though, the production's still got that rawness to it, but nothing like Enter the Wu. It, 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 there's a few different reasons for Enter the Wu as well because they were literally just, I wouldn't say pissing around when they made it, but they weren't making it. If you look at the other albums that we're going to go from the list, they are, yeah, they're professional. Yeah. These, like, you can tell they're just a group of kids, basically teenagers or however old they were, who just fucked about and made some music. Yeah. And it turned out to be an absolute, like, piece of of gold basically yeah um yeah what what's your number four or shall i go with mine you're gonna uh i don't think you're gonna you go we thought well what so we're gonna talk about the best songs but do that at the end um we'll do it we'll do the best song for uh enter mine's uh the mystery of chess boxing okay mine's uh tears tears all right (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I found that even difficult. Um, mm. The reason why they're in my top five anyway, the, and definitely Enter the Wu-Tang, is I can listen to every single song off that. Yeah, every song is just a banger. Yeah, and that's where some of them, when I was putting them together, sort of dropped down the hierarchy because I was like, mm, but then I don't like this song on them and I don't like that song. So I was like, yeah. then it's not the like, most ideal album to have on there. Um, the Mystery of Chess Boxing. Because my, there's that bar in it where he goes, I'm like cocaine straight from Bolivia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my number four is the Marshall Mathers LP one. Ooh. Mine's uh, Ready to Die. What? Okay, <laughs> said at the start, we can't judge each other. Yeah. On our choice. You flip number four, though. <laughs> That's what I mean, like, it's so hard to pick them in order, and it's more because I just think the album's above it. I, like, when, you know, like you are saying before, the time when you listen to it and the reasons why you listen to it, Ready to Die was something I listened to because I got into hip-hop. It didn't get me into hip-hop. Right, okay, yeah, 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 I'm with you, I'm with you there. So there's two more albums above Ready to Die that were probably my introductions into hip hop, which yeah. I respect them more because they introduced me into hip hop. And if they weren't the albums that introduced me to hip hop, I'm Ready to Die. I was Ready to Die would be further up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, where where I put the uh, the LP in number four, it was hot. I had to put an Eminem album in there because I think Eminem. If we want to go down the route of artists. Um, which I want to talk to you about at the, once we've finished our, our top five or whatever. But if I had to go down um, the best artist, he would definitely be there at the top. And what I think's so sort of fucked up is because he's got that many good songs, because he's got an r- absolutely ridiculous amount of good songs throughout all of his albums. I was trying to pick one, which obviously is this one, which has the, the mo- majority of his best work on. Um, mm. But as an artist, he would be so much higher up than number four, probably, if not number number one, then number two. Yeah, like, I didn't put any Eminem in my top five. Oh, shit. But okay. it was a, that was a hard decision to make. And my, I think my favourite album is the Eminem show as well. The Eminem show? Yeah. Um, so that's in my honourable mentions, the Eminem show. Like, yeah. It's like at the top of my honourable mentions. Mm. So if there's a number I six, I would put that in my number six. Uh, yeah, I, I, it would have been one which probably would have slipped out of the top five, but I had to put after because obviously I, I I went through and listened to these albums over the last week, and I thought mm, there's no way this can't this oh, this is where obviously the, the LP is full of absolutely wicked songs, but this is someone I couldn't let not in, involve yeah. as an artist in, in my top five. Um, but yeah, what's your number number three? Number three is uh, Get Rich or Die Train. Right, and I knew I was thinking, I thought you were gonna put that number four to be fair, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's in my honorable mentions. My number what? three, I know, but this is the I know every song on Get Rich or Die Train is a banger, I know, and I can just listen to it again and again and again and again, and it always feels like a new, like it, it's a every time I listen to it, it feels like I'm listening to it like. Again, new. Oh wait, we forgot to do favourite songs on number four. 
Oh yeah, shit. So, all right, what's your ready to die one? Yeah, Machine Gun Funk and uh, Suicidal Thoughts. Okay. Yeah, Suicidal Thoughts is... Suicidal Thoughts is such a deep song, man. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the song off the album where I listened to it and I actually thought, it's Biggie is Summit. Summit. Yeah. There's that one um, track. What is it? I forgot which album. It, it's off, I forgot which song it's off, but he says... Um, um, yeah, at last there, uh, and we're rapping about blunts and broads, tits and bras, menage a trois, sex and expensive cars, and I'll still leave you on the pavement. And I just thought that uh, lyric absolutely just sums up him as a yeah. He raps about everything in such a like beautiful way. Yeah, he's but like he's like a, he is a poet, a poet. But it's yeah. it's like the essence of ga- gangster rap within his poetry. Uh, of, yeah being a gangster or perceived as a gangster or however these uh, artists are. Yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, I put the way I am just because. Uh, that's a deep song, man. Yeah. Because with um, Shady, Slim Shady, I think yeah. I, I, I might have told you about this before. So he, he's got two different personas. He's got yeah. Eminem and then he's got uh, Slim Shady. Slim Shady's like the jokes guy who makes like fuck. Well, that's why I liked the Eminem show because it's got a mix of some yeah. shady and Eminem on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the LPs, they don't. They're, yeah, I think there's a real some shady. Please stand up. That's on the LP, but it's very heavily based on like his life and yeah. Uh, but that's another good thing about Eminem, right? Is he's got two different personas, which he yeah, you can enjoy both sides of him. It's like listening to a completely different artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what his uh, curtain calls are because yeah. they're his greatest hits. He's got, sense, yeah. His new one just came out, but his original one, um, that was Slim Shady than Eminem Slim Shady. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, your number three. Yeah, get Richard I trying. Oh sorry, um, yeah, my I've not said have I said mine? I don't think you said it. Good kid, Mad City. Alright, Kendrick. He's not even got on my honorables. Fuck. <laughs> that album ain't got any honorables. No, forgot about him. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, he's my number, number, my third best album ever. And I couldn't choose a best um, song on the album either. Yeah, like, I don't know if everyone rates Kendrick, but this is the thing, right? And I know I, what you're going to say is he's gone shit, but I couldn't let that influence. I f- went back and thought, how did I feel when this was his like, r- r- latest drop, this his latest release? Like, yeah. Where, when I came across the album, how did I feel? And it was just, it's the best. Even when I go back to it now, uh, it makes me upset. Uh, it is a good album and it should be. It is in my top 10, even though it's not on my uh, honorable, sorry, I thought internet connection went. Um, even though it's not my honorable mentions because this was just off the top of my head. Um, it is a good album, but in my opinion, and it's controversial because fucking everyone seems to love Kendrick. It's his only good album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even when I was putting him in, in my head, I was like, I've just gone off Kendrick so much. But I was like, I can't let that like, betray what I actually felt about his, this album and the music he made before. Because that era of Good Kid, Mad City was when Black Hippie was sort of peaking. School, yeah. he, he was bringing Schoolboy up. Um, 
and obviously I couldn't find a place in here for Schoolboy, but that's because obviously he's not released an album, which I think's even close to the level of he's, he's got the potential to Schoolboy Q to have an album, which possibly even be in my top five, top five. But, um, yeah, that's the thing about some artists though, in the, in the modern classics here, if you want to call them that, they release half done albums. They put filler tracks in them. I feel like. Yeah, and I think a lot of these modern artists, like, well, it happens to all artists, isn't it? It fizzles out. Like, what you liked them for originally starts to change. Um, Eminem, for example, like, although he released fucking in the late 90s, early 2000s, releasing albums that were just like bangers. Who's that, sorry? Eminem. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then... And he stopped taking the drugs, man. Yeah, and then he just went shit when he stopped, when he went to rehab, got clean. Um, but Eminem today, I don't really... I don't let that affect what I think of Eminem yeah. of the past. Um, because it's like um, Snoop Dogg as well. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It, it's what would have happened to Biggie and Tupac if they were to not have died after only making a certain amount of music. They would have got to the point of Eminem and the point of um, Snoop today, where the Mm. music's not really that good, but it's like they're a whole different, it's another person, it's like a totally new artist in today's day. Yeah, that's why I think like Dre just dropping, not dropping another album. Like, it's probably the right thing for him today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to go down... To keep his legacy where it was, he released two albums, both sick albums, and then yeah, said he's going to release Detox, and I don't think that's ever going to come out. I don't know. He's apparently dropping something with Snoop, isn't he? And I just don't want him to do this because I've not seen. I don't want him to do it anymore. When I was in like high school, I really wanted Detox to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think like he released what was that song? Kush. It was a good song, but it wasn't to the standard of yeah, the standard you expect. Yeah, so the album wouldn't have been to the standard you expect. One um, thing um, I'm gonna, I'm a bit annoyed about with Dre, and in my research when I was looking at albums I like, um, I put "Cruel Summer" in my honorable honorable mentions. Yeah, just because I think what Kanye did with them artists. At that point of time, I don't know, when did that come out? Like 2012 or something like that? 2012. At that point in time, um, you had like Pusha T, these, they, Two Chains. I know Two Chains blew up quite big. I think it was just before Cruel Summer, maybe. Yeah, just, around that time, yeah. But he had these artists who were, Pusha T's always been underrated, but these guys were peaking at their career and he brought them all into a maker, an album, which was, I think, an absolute masterpiece in the terms of, Kanye's creativity to get these people together. Yeah, like, honestly, that song is absolutely amazing. What I'm I annoyed about with Pusha T. Well, we'll talk about Pusha T later because I need to. I'll bring him up. But what um, I'm annoyed about Dre is he brought fucking Fifty Cent up. He brought the game up. He brought Eminem up. Yeah, to get him on. Him. Yeah, yeah. Even, including himself, he could have got Cube back into it. Obviously. um easy past 
but he brought all these fucking artists who are I know the game's very much finished now, but that documentary album in my honourable mentions. Yeah. He he could imagine having an album like Cruel Summer, but with Dre, Fifty, Eminem, um obviously like fucking Nate Dog Snoop. Like if he dropped the album, so I think documentary and Get Rich I Train, they both released around the same time. I think documentary was like 2003. Get Rich I Train was 2002. If you drop them two and then 2004, 2005, got everyone to just record, got to jump on an album when Eminem's still peaking or coming off his peak. 50s peaked, or not peaked, but 50s on his way up. The game's on his way up. Snoop's Snoop. And then... If you got a lemon album a couple of years after that, like that album would have been fucking something special. That would have been in this top five. And then yeah. I don't even know what the fuck the songs would have sounded like, but you just know. Yeah. If he did what, uh, and it only made me realize when I was listening to Cruel Summer and then I was going over like Chronic 2001 and stuff, and I just thought, why did he not just get these guys together? Yeah, because 50 Cent, I think he was made for a fucking Dr. Dre beat. The way Get Rich I Try has been produced is so fucking sick. And this is another, I'm going to bring him on and we'll mention now, is Pusha T Daytona. Yeah. Just because I think Pusha T is made for a fucking Kanye West yeah, yeah, production. Yeah. Him and Kanye West, Kanye West producing him rapping, they're, like, they're made for each other perfect. And Daytona is probably one of my favourite recent albums. Well, it is my favourite recent album. Yeah. Like, I've not listened to an album in the past 10 years that I thought is as good as Daytona. Yeah, I, I did listen. It's not. It didn't even make my honourable mentions list. But as we said at the beginning, I've listened to it. I love. It's. A, I love it. It's a good album. But I didn't um, like go crazy on it. And I was gonna. I was supposed to see Pusha T in December. Oh yeah, you were, weren't you? Yeah, but he, he cancelled. I think he's moving it to next year. Are you gonna get yeah. tickets for that? We still get to keep our tickets and they're just going to give us a new date. Yeah. But it's a bit annoying. I was looking forward to it. I think at the same time with what I was saying about Dre as well is I think he, I don't know what he thinks obviously, but he must have realised because he did that a Super Bowl thing and he brought every, well, everyone back together. Yeah. Um, but apart from game. but Yeah. <laughs> the game went a bit weird, didn't he? Um... Did you listen to that song, The Game, where he's dissing Eminem and using yeah. Eminem as well? The recent one. Yeah. Mm. He's just, I don't know, he's just trying to stay relevant, I think. Yeah. His uh, time's gone now. But the thing is, like, if this, if he was doing that, like, I've properly fallen out of love with hip-hop, like modern hip-hop. Yeah. Like, if he was doing that and I was still, and albums like this were still coming out and because we're never going to see like, half this shit that we're mentioning, even with honourable mentions, we're probably not going to see again anything. No. Nah. Um, but if it was still at that level and then Dre was doing stuff, um, not Dre, Game was doing stuff like that, I would be pissed off. But because the, the hip hop's just a fucking mess now, I'm not even bothered. Yeah, hip hop, I don't know. It's just, it's not the same as what it was. And I'll talk about my second number two now because I want to bring up a point on it. My number two is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, I said my honourable mentions. Kanye 
I think is the only guy who has, if, if it wasn't for Kanye West, or oh yay, um, all of these albums would be pre-2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though Rules mentions, like Daytona was because of Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, I wish yeah. he would have done that on his own. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was because of Kanye West. So mm. he deserves to like be up there with Dre. Like, yeah. He, if anything, he's, I think he's a better producer than Dre. I think this is the best hip hop album of all time. My Dark, oh, uh, I don't know what your number one. I'm actually curious about what your number one is. Because it's just a masterpiece. I know what you mean, yeah. It's like a piece of art. Yeah, it's just... I, this is the album I was, t- I was talking about at the beginning where I listened to it when it first came out and I've just gone back to it recently because of all the controversy with Kanye. I was, like, I was thinking, like, that album was so good and um, why have I not listened to it again? So I went back to it and I was like, my mind was actually blown how fucking sick it is. Every song on it is like... He just, I don't know what he's done, but he's just made it perfection. Yeah. Do you think there's a level of, because um, when I was going through it all, uh, I obviously listened to my Beautiful Dark Trusted Fantasy. Um, that's made it to number eight on my honourable mentions. But obviously, like we said at the beginning, for different reasons. But do you, for me, there was obviously everything you said there, like 100% correct, but there was also the level of, that was, and we know that was the last sort of album for hip hop. Yeah. That was the last um, of it's the probably great, the last great album you're ever going to get. Yeah. That was the last great, yeah, album that's going to come out. Do you think that plays a part in it as well? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's the last great album you're going to get from Kanye West, and it's the last great album you're going to get in hip hop era. I, this is all speculation, obviously someone, you never know what's going to come out in the future, but Kanye's obviously he's done and his music hasn't been amazing as of recent. Um, but the album, I, it's just something else. I could listen to every song just over and over again. My number two, your number two wouldn't even be, a thing if it wasn't for this album. And I know you've not really listened to this album, but it's straight out of Compton by NWA. Alright. Um I fucking love that album. Like I, I absolutely love it. And I just feel like what Dre this is why I've got the utmost respect for Dre on top of bringing like 50 up, Eminem up, the game up and the fucking the music, the hip hop industry up. I don't think there would be such thing as hip hop. Uh, gangster rap because yeah. he did gangster rap with this album. That's the origin of mm. the music, all the music on our list. Yeah, yeah, basically, literally, it is because what did I think? What was it before that? Was it Vanilla Rice and shit like that? It was uh, like Run DMC. Yeah, it was more like um, funk music, or I don't know what. Yeah, we funk mixed with rap. Mm, but then he got this funk, these funk because he's obviously a, a genius on the beats. He got these funk beats. Chucked like Ice Cube and Easy E on him, and Ice Cube back when he was like peaking in his rap career was probably one of the hardest rappers in terms of like a threatening gangster. 
that you'll ever hear. And he chucked him on funky beats. And he obviously discovered he's easy. He didn't even want to rap. Um, and then he obviously identified his, his voice and yeah. And then my favorite song off that album is fuck the police. <laughs> but whenever I listen to that song, because of the, you've seen the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I listen to that song, I, I get goosebumps because of the way they went about dropping it. Yeah. They dropped they it. Watch that movie again, actually. They dropped, they weren't, they got told not to play the song, to re- but then when they were at the, um, their concert, they were having trouble with like security and the police and everything, just even at their own concert. And then I think it was Cube was like, fucking just run the beat. And then yeah. everyone was like, no, 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 don't run it. <laughs> and then he's like, just fuck. And then Dre's like, fucking run the beat. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. You've not properly listened to NWA, right? Not properly, no. I don't even know why. I don't know why. I just I never delved like that deep. I don't know why. Mm, it is old, but it's not that much older than Into the Wu-Tang, I guess. It's a couple mm. of years, maybe six years before it. Yeah, well, when will it come out? 88? 89? So they dropped one eighty seven. I think this came out eighty eight. All right. Yeah. What was your favorite song from your number three? Good Kid, Mad City. I couldn't pick one. Oh. Which is a good sign, right? Yeah. I probably couldn't pick I... one if Straight Outta Compton didn't have "Fuck the Police" and it was for that reason. I wouldn't be able to pick <laughs> one. Oh, no. Mine's a. Uh... Many men from Get Rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a tune, man. That is a sick. That's a sick album, to be fair. What's yours? I believe it make your top five. I know, but it's just one of them things, isn't it? The hierarchy changes it. What is it on Dark Twisted Fantasy? Runaway. Is that the one where it's like ding? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think that was like produced like. So well, like that's that song sum, sums up the album. Yeah. Oh, he brought up Kid Cudi as well, didn't he? Yeah. I think if I was to pick a favourite song off this album, I would probably pick Monster. Monster has a sick song as well. But all the songs on it are sick. But... Yeah. It's one of them, isn't it? That power, gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. wicked song. Blame Game. I fucking, John Legend in Blame Game. Yeah. I think um all the lights as well that's got uh what's the name elton john rihanna he plays the piano and does the uh some of the vocals in it elton john is rihanna yeah. in, that in that as well uh, i think it's got a few people in it it's not coming up on the feature list here on the spotify i think it does have rihanna in. but um the, mo- the song monster like i'm not really and this is another thing i want to talk to you about we might as well talk about it now is i'm not a f- massive fan of Nicki minaj and that sort of era of music but in that song yeah she sings that song didn't she i don't know what kanye did but he yeah. brought like the fucking best out of her <laughs> but that's the thing before we get to number one like the you obviously know what mine is anyway now i'm guessing but... <laughs> do you know what mine is okay let's just do number one now and then we'll discuss everything after chronic 2001 you put that number one yeah that's on my honorable mentions fucking hell mate 
I put Ready to Die, number one. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot you not mentioned it yet. Yeah. Chronic 2001, because that legit was my introduction to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because, obviously, like, if the audience said no, we're brothers, you should know by now. Uh, and it was an album, I was talking to the audience, but the album was uh, in our dad's car when we were growing up. And do you know what? When I initially put down my list, I put Chronic 2001 and I thought, I'll break that down. It's going to go in there somewhere, obviously. But then when I listened to it, I was like, there's a couple, a couple of tracks that I'm skipping, like I'm feeling like I want yeah. to Yeah. It is, yeah. there's a few tracks on it that are like that, but just because if my people talk, talk to Tiffany is probably number one, but just because of it's more of a personal reason, right? The personal reason behind it, Chronic 2001 has made my made it number one for me. And forgot about Dre, he's my favourite song on it. Yeah, definitely. It would and that is a, it, I think that Forgot About Dre is probably one of my favourite, if not my favourite, rap song. That's the thing, though, about this album, right, is it's got still Dre. Mm. It's got um, Forgot About Dre. It's got the next episode. And then there's... Uh, that Bang Bang's a good song, but then there was just a couple. Like, that's the, the reason why I put it into honourable mentions, because I was like, I, I can't put it there if I'm skipping, if I'm feeling like, oh, let's put the next one. Because I felt like when I was listening to it, there was a banger. Like, I want to skip to the, the next banger on it. And put the all like the, the best songs on there are the best songs, probably. Yeah. Um, Fuck You is a good song. I just want to. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what that album like? Obviously, we're from the UK, but what it reminds me of is every time I listen to it, even like the songs. I wouldn't say I, I hate any song on it. I, I like them all. I can listen to them all, and I can put that album on repeat. Um, but do you know what? I can't. I'm gonna find this hard to explain. I felt like when I was listening to it, it's the closest I'll ever feel to being at like a hood barbecue or something. Yeah. <laughs> because the songs, they're not like, like we're talking about with Wu-Tang, they're professional songs. Like you can tell the profes- professional studio songs, but for some reason, Dre's just got this master, this mastermind where he can make you feel some like, sort of way from his style. Yeah. You could imagine like listening to it being in like low riders out front. Yeah. Right. Like, you like you're... fucking dice with, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then when I was thinking about how it like, because it makes you feel like you're at this hood party, uh, where every you know everyone's fucking strapped up and yeah, when everyone's and everyone's just smoking, it's like fucking being in San Andreas, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but isn't that the point of music? Mm. Like for music to do that to you, that means it's doing its job. It's worked like the piece of entertainment's worked. Yeah. Um. What? What? When I was like feeling, thinking about like how it made me feel that song, then I thought about like Get Rich or Die Trying, and the tracks he produced on there made you feel like you was a, a East Side, like yeah, mini Uzi career type thing. Like Get Rich Out Trains, my uh, gym album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's that greasy and aggressive. Yeah, it's proper like, New York style. Yeah. Bronx. 
It's different to Enter the Wu-Tang. Yeah. It's more of a... It's just fits 50 style a lot more. And I think he was good at uh, identifying... Because then you've got Dre, um, Dre, the game, who's from West Coast. And you can just... You feel the lowrider in all of his music. Yeah, like a gangbanger. Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas 50s is a bit more colder. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously you've got Eminem, who, what he's like, obviously rap and hip hop's considered a black, um, black art or whatever we want to call it. Um, and he somehow fitted the, a completely new style with Eminem, who was a like a white joker, like a class clown type vibe. But then obviously we discussed earlier, he's got two different sides and Dre found that balance between them both like in a, another way. So one thing I've got from us both is hip hop wouldn't be for cool without Dr. Dre. Yeah, he's made, he definitely made it as what it, he's made it what it is today. From my top five of my honorable mentions, he is responsible for one, two, three, four, five of the albums. So sorry, <clears throat> six of the albums. So six out of 10 albums he's responsible for. So I've noticed one thing, we both didn't put any pack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Biggie over pack, but um, I put two pack greatest hits in my honorable mentions. I yeah, that's, that's why I didn't put any pack. I've only put it in my honorable mentions, but greatest hits is where I see pack up. Like that's the only, it's just got all of his bangers on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really see him as like an album artist. And that's why I didn't put it in my top five. If it was an album that he released, yeah. if it was an album, then we'll be talking probably different, but it's not technically an album. Um, same way I didn't want to put a curtain call in because it's not. It's like yeah, greatest hits. Um, I got but, Doggy Style on my honorable mentions. Yeah, um, I put Doggy Style, Cruel Summer, you know, and then I think the only other different one is I put Rolling Papers in there from Wiz Khalifa. All right, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, I've got uh, the Massacre. I had that in with Get Rich or Die Trying, but. Get rich or die trying. You had your that in your top five, though, didn't you? The Massacre and the Documentary were my first albums, like CD albums. I don't think what mine were. I, I, remember I, I copied it for you, and then there's that track on it, Bitch Get in My Car, and oh, you're yeah. playing it, and then Mum walked in your room and took it off you. <laughs> so, what year did that did it come out in 1999? The Massacre. Uh, oh shit, and the massacre, weren't it? That came out 2003, yeah. didn't it? 2004, I think, or five. I think it was five. Or 2005 release, so I would have been. Uh, five, six. Eight. eight. I was ten. <laughs> I don't even know why mum bought me. <laughs> oh shit. Just probably thought it was just a CD. Yeah. <laughs> I, put this I, copied it for all, I copied it from my mates at school as well. <laughs> That's a... 
Yes, I guess it's because just the way we got introduced to hip hop was through our dad's car, basically. Um, so it was this like I was I put this other part in because there's a, a lot of artists that are amazing. But for example, if all of Little Wayne's tracks were on one best tracks were one album, that would probably be up there. If not in honorable mentions, it would be in. Yeah, like Car Free was a good, good album. Yeah, I had that actual. I think that was the first hip hop album I might have had, to be honest. Yeah, I remember you had that album, yeah. Mm. Um, and then I put a question to us both because I knew you wouldn't include it. But why is Jay Z not in any of our lists at all? Because he is considered like one of, if not the best, hip hop artists, but I don't like him. <laughs> I'll be honest. The be- the best style that I like him in is in Watch the Throne, and I can't really give him give him that. Oh shit! I forgot about Watch the Throne. That's a fucking sick album. That's an amazing yeah. album. Jay Z, I like, like. He's good, but he's not up there for me. Do you know there's someone else who we've never really listened to and got into? Naz. Yeah. And people who are watching this will be like, "Why the fuck is Nas not in the top five? Yeah. Why is no one? Scre- uh, I've listened to the album. Um, a couple of times, but I've not. I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't. Uh... That's how I feel about Kendrick. Yeah, with Good Kid, Mad City. The album's good, like, and I respect the album, but I just don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, if you just don't. Uh, yeah, I get what I can 100 percent understand because when you look at if you go online and look at the top list. As number one on, on majority of lists, you won't get ready to die really at the top of many lists. Um, and you certainly won't even get I know you put chronic that, but you were talking about dark twisted fantasy, you definitely won't get that at the top of the list. Um, should be that. What I don't, a thousand, a thousand man hours it took for that album to be made. <laughs> Fact. Um, he went away, didn't he? Like, he's he just went away. And like spent all day and night in the studio making an album. That's why it's a perfect album then. Yeah. It's special, man, like, but I don't know. Um, and then there's obviously Drake. Yeah, I think Drake's just like the one song banger kind of guy. He's got he some good albums. Take care's a good album, to be fair. Take Care is a very good album. I listened to Take Care. I listened to Nothing Was The Same. Nothing Was The Same, it's got some really good songs on it, but I find it more pop than, or I wouldn't say R&B. But I, do you know like how rap went to pop, like mainstream pop? Like yeah, you well... Get, Drake. You know what it is? I think it's because, like, and I think Kanye started the trend to talk about people talking about like emotions and feelings on the rap song and made that popular. Do you know that 808 and Heartbreak? Yeah, 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 yeah. That Love Lockdown and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good album, actually. Yeah, it's a good album, but that's where, like, he started to rapping about like love and all this other shit, emotions. Whereas before it wasn't really rapped about much. It was more 
like gritty and dark and oh it was either gang banging or like fucking bitches and that shit whereas when Kanye dropped that album then it started getting popular to start talking about like feelings and love and all this shit on rap albums and there's a lot of uh like new rappers that see that way 808s and heartbreak as their inspiration for music now all right okay Kanye's a beast, man. Mm. He's so good, man. Did you hear what Sh- Andrew Sh- Schultz said? And about? Would Jay-Z be who Jay-Z is today if it wasn't for Kanye West? Yeah, that's true. I know Jay-Z was big before Kanye West was big, but what album was it that Kanye produced? Jay-Z's album. I think that's when he really like blew. The Black Album. Was it Black Album? Yeah, I think so. Well, he was big anyway because he did reasonable doubt, and then uh, the blue obviously the blueprints are up there, isn't it? Magna Carta. See, these are good albums, but when I'm looking at his list, Black Album was quite good though. But would Jay-Z have stayed as relevant? If it wasn't for Kanye, because Black Album came out, kept him relevant, and then what songs did he do? What albums did he drop after that? After the Black Album, a Blueprint, Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint Magna the Blueprint, Blueprint Three. I've not Blueprint think I've ever Blueprint Two, obviously. And you got Watch the Throne, which brought him back into the light. That's a good album, that, you Does know. he drop any songs these days? He dropped that 444, but he didn't drop it. He, you had to, was it? You had to have Apple Music. He just oh, went. So maybe you have to sign up to his. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. He just went fucking commercial with it. And that's where a lot of artists die, is when they go commercial. Because when I'm talking about Drake, I'm also thinking. You've got Young Money, who Lil Wayne was part of, and I like, I know that was Birdman's thing, um, who's a, just a shit artist altogether, but he's a good businessman, I guess. But I like the artists that actually help bring up other artists, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the attachment with Dre, um, but obviously Kendrick brought J-Rock, um, Absol, and schoolboy up Wiz tried tried to but I think he just ended up smoking way too much weed <laughs> um, Wiz man I saw it went to watch ASAP Rocky and I saw him he was support act he was so fucking weird man this was like after do you know like when we used to like Wiz and then he fucking just went weird yeah but if you look at his albums right i'll get him i'll screen share Wiz khalifa so um yo what the f- right he's <laughs> releases way too much fucking music they were yeah, all so, nice that was good yeah so yeah that's what i would say rolling papers was like from to me his peak of his rap because obviously before yeah. that cabin fever this was all 
roll up, um, oh, hold on, the thingy album. But you've got Cushion OJ. Then you've got all of his mixtapes, which I don't think are all on here, but you've got like I'll Fly. Yeah, Fly's cool. Oh, but he's a wicked song. Oh, yeah. So, like, the way he come up was like so unique because he's obviously Pittsburgh and it's just, he come up like a, I don't know, he had like a school, school uh, kid type Yeah. Style. It was like, when I listened to him, I was listening to Matt Miller at the same time. He got like that similar style, like where you're, I was in college at the time, and it's like, yeah, that's why it resonated so well. Yeah, uh, and then obviously, when at that age, like everyone's smoking weed, and you, mm. his songs are like around smoking weed, and that's this album was just absolutely, I think it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, um, and then he drops <laughs> this one. I te- no, he dropped that Taylor Hall has a good album, man. Like when you yeah, it, this was. You know, such a <laughs> sick album because it's just oh everything's just a chilled beat in it. Yeah, and then Cabin Fever two. Start. This is where he started going. This was a good album. Yeah, this is where I start, started just listening to bits, and then and then he dropped this O O N I F C. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then this is where I was a bit like, mm. yeah, he's going a bit weird here. There are a couple more bangers on there, but less. And then after that, I just stopped listening. Like I didn't even yeah. know this was an album. I'm the same, yeah. I don't even know what these albums are. And then he just I don't know, he just rushed music out and just fell off to me. But obviously he's still doing well because the amount of views he gets still high. But well, and then he dropped that, which obviously kept him in talk. I think when he dropped that, I was a nail in the coffin for me. This. Yeah. See you again. It was a tribute to fucking Yeah. No. Type. <laughs> what a pun! <laughs> and then he just drops off completely. I think. I think there was like one song on this one that was good. Uh, oh no, it wouldn't even been that one. So I don't know, man. But would you put ASAP up there? Rocky. In terms of artists, yeah. ASAP Rocky. Yeah, but I would. Put it in the same avenue as a uh, whiz, as in as in yeah. Everything as in, before was good, then it was great, and then it's just a like a it's like a cliff. Yeah, it fell off a cliff. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's the thing about artists is, I know we're just choosing albums, but I think Kendrick dropped off to me dropped off a cliff i get it he tried to do something new but then there's the other thing where as we were saying like why the artists keep going with music when it goes shit but is a funny one because i he, almost put blacklisted in it he fell off a cliff and then climbed back up yeah <laughs> and <then> fell off again. <laughs> yeah he fell off that big time and then he come with but i was going to put blacklisted in it but blacklisted got him back up to the top and then, yeah, he just fell off again after that. That was one hell of an album, that Blacklisted. Yeah, Blacklisted is so, so sick. It's a mixtape, right? Yeah. But still. I would say it's an album, though, like... A group, it's a... It's like music, isn't it? So... Alright. It's good enough to be an album. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Right. Right, so... We did an hour talking about hip-hop <laughs> should we move on to the next or do, do you want to talk about anything yeah 
we'll uh, move on now. All right. Well, that was good. A nice little change after last week's fucking podcast. That was uh, very yeah deep. If you haven't seen it yet, check out uh, episode yeah. sixteen. We had a special guest. <laughs> Three hours of us going deep diving on a. Uh, Political agendas, woke culture. Uh, I feel like we swam deeper and deeper in that one. Yeah. Well, we started talking about Satanism towards the end. Yeah. That's how deep it got. It all sort of points back to that, but let's keep away from that one in this episode and refresh. So, the topic I want to discuss, and it's something that, like, I think, like, uh, basically, David Goggins was on Joe Rogan again. I don't know if you've seen it. If you've not seen it, I recommend you watch it. Like, I know you don't really listen to him, but the guy, he's like, for me, I really like, resonate with what he's saying. I don't know why, like, I don't like, resonate with him because I can't relate to the shit he's been through. But when I listen to his stories, I think, fuck, this guy's been through a lot and he's come up and he's like fucking prospering so basically what he's like his whole story is about his struggle and how he's used that struggle to sort of get himself better so instead of like hiding away from the struggle and thinking oh no like it is what it is it's my life it's my life it's my life he's thought nah fuck that like the struggle is only going to make me stronger. So he was saying in the podcast that he runs like 200 mile fucking ultra marathons. He goes, when he's running these ultra marathons, he goes, it's like living seven extra years. The amount of shit he learns on that run about himself. He's like, Oh, shall I stop now? Oh, this is hurting. Oh, mile 100. How am I going to make it to mile 110? Like he goes through all these like dilemmas whilst he's on this run. He said that it's like living an extra seven years, so he becomes wiser and wiser. And this time on Joe Rogan's podcast, the guy just seems so fucking wise about life. And he talks a lot about how people hide away from the struggle or they just live like a comfortable life, but then they say they're complaining that they're unhappy. And he's basically saying that You have to go through these struggles to learn your lessons to then better yourself in life. If you don't go through the struggle, then you're never going to sort of develop yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, what's your question? <laughs> All right, no, I'm just uh, well, uh, giving some background on David Goggins. Yeah, no, well, yeah, in, I know the question. So in my head, I'm trying to script up a, an answer. To the yeah, um, so... The question is, one sec, let me read it word for word. I'm going to listen to it. Um, Is it always best to seek out pleasure over avoiding pain? It's a fucking... It doesn't sound it off the bat, but it's a... um, It's a a sort of... It's a deep question because I think it's in like human instinct to avoid pain, obviously, because we... That's just the way we're been 
sort of uh, manufactured or however we've been made. So to avoid pain is like natural to us, but just seeking pleasure, like that's 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 like corrupt and toxic in its own manner, right? Yeah. Um, and then it's like what you're saying about David Goggins, like he's going through like a serious amount of pain, but he's obviously not doing it because he enjoys the pain. He's doing it because he enjoys the pleasure he gets after that pain. Yeah. Well, the guy, he's just, when you listen to him, there's nobody in the world like you can compare him to. He's, he's so mentally tough that he'll make, he makes, Fucking Joe Rogan, I'd say he's quite a mentally tough person. He makes Joe Rogan look weak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fucking. My, uh, when I was sat saw them two together today, I was listening to Goggin speak to Rogan. I was like, "Fuck, like, I think Rogan's quite a tough guy." Mm. But David Goggins makes him look weak. Mm. Just the shit that he does. He um, had a knee, a problem with his knee, and I don't know what exactly it is, but. Your knee should have some stuff. Do you know where it like bends like that? Yeah. It should have some like stuff there to like cushion the bend. He's been running on a knee where all that cushioning's gone and he's bone on bone. And he had to have an operation on it. And he's running like fucking hundreds of miles on it, just bone on bone. But he goes like, he always just thought, oh, my knee's fucked up. Like, so I just carry on running. It's part of the pain. And he just blocks out the pain. Is that a good thing? I think to the he chooses to live the life he lives, doesn't he? But yeah, well, it's a hard one to sort of decipher whether or not because it's inspiring. But when you explain it like that, it's like, yeah. what are you actually doing? You think the guy's got a screw loose? Yeah, but he like, seems like insane. People say to him all the time, like, "Why the fuck are you doing this? Like, have a day off and all this shit." He's like, why the fuck should I have a day off? Uh, I want to do it. <laughs> if he wants to do it, then obviously, yeah, fucking do it. Yeah. Like, but what got what it got me thinking was when, when and if times get fucking hard, these are the people that are going to prosper because they used mm-hmm. to be in, in difficult places. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas the majority of people in society are people who are use of these comforts and luxuries that we've got yeah well it's like what we've been talking about um on the podcast for a while um people aren't resilient enough like so when the day comes where people do need to stand up and be a bit more resilient they're gonna just everyone's gonna fail like people's gonna they're gonna self-destruct because they're gonna it's gonna be way too much for them uh Personally, from if we're looking at it that I think you need you need pain to if you just have pleasure all your life, that's painful enough. Because yeah. you need pain. Like the the sun wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for rain. I, I, I'm relating it everything back to this whenever we have some sort of like uh conversation about the mind and within it's a balance that you need to have. Like you need to have the right amount of pain. To enjoy the right amount of pleasure, having yeah. too much pleasure is it's not it's not good. It's not 
like you're saying, people who have too much pleasure, because people do now, let's say someone, your average Joe, who's our age, mid twenties, they'll go to work. Um, that's their, that's their sort of pain. But then they, they're at work five days a week of pain because everyone hates the job and everyone's fucking depressed or a majority of people are. And then they'll, they'll live for the weekend for their pleasure time. But in that's unbalanced because why not do something that you enjoy doing, but do it to the extent where it's hard work. If you know what I mean, for example, a YouTube channel, for example, if you want to do a YouTube channel, which you enjoy doing, it's not all fun and games. It's not all just sit down and talking. It, we're trying to interview more people now. It's about grafting the interviews. Yeah. It's about editing stuff on time. It's about getting content out there, which it's the, the same with any business is it might look all pretty and nice on the outside, but there's 50% of it at least, if it's going to be healthy in terms of what I'm saying, is going to be pain and shit and failing or doing shit that you just fucking hate doing, but you have to push through it. And you need to push through that stuff to enjoy the, the, the opposite side of it, which is we're learning shitloads. We're in, we're we can have these conversations. We're blessed to have these conversations and hopefully one day we'll grow a bit more of a bigger audience, but you need to have that sort of, you need them shit things. And oh, I feel like I need to have shit in my life for me to yeah. be on the side of things. Um, what what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think you need some level of pain to be able to have the mental strength to push on and get the things you want in life. If you've not got that level of pain there, then you're never going to learn the art of like, resilience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which... Some say like Goggins has got too much resilience. Or he's like he's gone a bit too far with it. But that's the way he chooses that. Like if you listen to his book, like he's had a fucked up upbringing. So that's the way he's chosen to like deal with his pains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I'm trying to wrap my head around it because it goes kind of well. He's in my head anyway. See what you can respond to to this. In my head, like if you look at a graph which has the lower um, horizontal axes as pain and then the vertical axes as um, pleasure. I don't think you're going to be content unless that line is averaging um, the midway point. So it's going to go straight across diagonally through the graph. Yeah. The same amount of pain. That's where I'm saying about the balance. Um, And obviously as it goes up, um, that's your development because you're pushing each of them. You're not stagnating on one and having too much pleasure because then you're going to become weak and then you're not having too much pain because you're still going to become weak, but it's weakened the depression side of things. Yeah. Well, how I look at it is like you can give yourself, so look at the graph and like you've drawn a line. So what I see is like, if you give yourself too much pleasure, you need to pull yourself back to the line, yeah. But you need to be aware of it. And this is how I, I think you grow. Like if you're giving yourself too much pain and you're not getting enough pleasure, you need to pull yourself back down. 
and give yourself a, enough pleasure to make the pain feel like it's doing something right, you're going to get yourself in a hard place. But I think as like a human, like you're always going to be like hovering above it. You're never going to be like, it's never going to be vertical, is it? No, but that's the ideal line that you want to try and yeah. stay close to. Um, but what I think a big problem with society and people is um, they're seeking out pleasure on the weekends, and that involves getting intoxicated, that involves staying up, staying out late, with for a, a massive amount of people. And I, I don't think that's the right answer. I think society and just the way things are built is telling people this. that's the answer. This is your pleasure but people need to stop and actually think about what they actually find pleasurable in life like if you i don't know if you get a cv given to you and it's like you get a little section about like what you what your interests or whatever and it's like well, i love meeting up with friends that just means i love going out on the piss yeah you that's not finding pleasure within that's finding a replacement of, of pleasure yeah because you're getting intoxicated and you are actually causing more pain by forcing pleasure rather than stepping back and being like and this is something because obviously when we when we quit drinking well at the end of this month um what I, i'm wanting to i'm thinking a lot about like other things to do and it's not necessarily like oh i'm gonna quit drinking so i need to take up badminton i need to play football more often uh, i'm not necessarily looking at these active things but it's just finding things like yeah i enjoy movies so why not sign up and get a, instead of the money I'll spend on drinking, why not sign up and get a, a pass, you know, them monthly passes to the cinema. Oh, yeah. Things like that, where I can actually find things that I like doing that not necessarily develop me because watching a movie doesn't develop me, but I love watching a movie and analyzing it and being like, this was a fucking masterpiece. Just like we've said with all of the music, finding things like that to be your pleasure. Yeah. Things. Um, it just all comes down to balance, I guess, with pleasure and pain. But, um, they're opposites, aren't they? So. Yeah, they're opposites, but I think they you need them both in order to live a more fulfilled life. Would you call it, yeah, fulfilled or can't, I don't, I won't, I'm trying to stay away from saying happiness because happiness is just pleasure, right? Happiness, yeah. So you need a balance of them both. And I've always said it's on a spectrum. Um, I think the graph was a better analogy, but the spectrum is there's a content line. One day, it's like what you said, one day you're really happy and then the next day something shit happens and then you drop down. Yeah. But it's about squeezing it so you're on the same line but I think having the graph if you're close to that line you're moving up in the world yeah I guess I think there's a lot of pain in the world though um, which people can't necessarily avoid because they don't they don't know it is pain um, and that will be things such as going to have a drink they think they're just letting off some steam for, for the weekend um, but you're not actually doing that is a replacement. So I feel like that's a sense of seeking pleasure, but it's a sort of like a, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's, it's wrong pleasure, but the same thing is you might, someone might think, okay, so for me to stay close to that line, 
I need to make some money um, for me to be pleasure. No, because if you look at life a little bit deeper, money isn't something you should be chasing. Um, because as the saying goes, money is the root of all evil. In a sense, it is because of just the way society is built and the world is built. So if you're chasing money, thinking that's pleasure, more money, more problems, as B.I.G. says, you're going to end up causing yourself more pain because you're going after the wrong thing. You're not looking for something from within. You're looking at what society is telling you you need to do, not what you actually want to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, what I was going to say is, well, what I wanted your response on was, from that analogy, David Goggins doesn't fit in that fucking thing, because what the fuck's he doing? Yeah, like, when you're looking at it in that way, David Goggins does it more for his mental state. Yeah, and I think what you said as well, actually, it does fit in, because he puts himself through that level. You said he... um, when he does a 200 mile run, it's like he's lived seven extra years because he's seven yeah. wiser. So that's his pleasure in becoming his wiser. His pleasure is becoming wiser and gaining that extra yeah. understanding of himself yeah, and the world yeah. around him. The, the, I think the reason why I, I couldn't see it initially was because if we're looking at the graph, a lot of people are near the beginning, a little bit of pain to get a little bit of pleasure or what, most people are fucked up in like, some other part, but he's like tenfold somewhere where I can't even see being because that's, I can't see myself running 200 miles like anytime soon. Yeah. So he's flying off into another dimension of his line. He's like, just like way past the Richter scale. <laughs> yeah. But what you're saying about needing people like that is we talk about what we're talking about with Josh, like the problem in mm. society is people are weak, very weak. I think I listened to this guy who sort of it hits home like how you can easily fall into these traps of being in like in your comfort zone. And I mean, I listened to today like he's always pushing himself out of that zone. He said that when he feels like he's too comfortable or he's feeling like he's not pushed himself he looks at himself and he thinks like the fuck like I'm getting weak but he'll go out and just do some mad run which it makes you think like it, that actually works and like when I'm struggling I end up to get up in the morning to go to the gym like first person I think of is like fucking his voice in my head and he gets me, he gets me straight out of bed it fucking works, like, and then you just go to the gym and you train, you have a fucking good training session, you feel good, you come back and you work and you feel good all day. Mm. But then there's the other side of things as well, right, where you need to find a balance between people need to train, be healthy, healthy body. Men, I feel like, need to be strong. Uh, women as well, like anyone, everyone can, needs to be strong in terms of their physical being but if you're just because i know people at the gym they're not necessarily like the most screwed on people um do you know people who are like addicted to the gym that i'm not talking about all of them because there are, obviously there's a lot that are but there's 
quite a high percentage of people that go to a gym that all they think about is gym, 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 gym. And yeah, that's great. Like you're progressing your physical being, but your mental being is, it seems like it's deteriorating more because you're not doing anything for your mental being. I think once you understand your mental being and you go to the gym, those two working in tandem together, they, you can get like complete control of your mental, well, not complete control, but you get, it helps you gain control of your mental being if going to the gym, but you need to understand your mental being before you, if you just go in for like to look good, then which the majority of people go to the gym to look good. They're forgetting like, or they're missing a major aspect of actually going to the gym is the mental benefits of it. Whereas I, like my like thing, I put the mental benefits of going to the gym and then looking good's like just a bonus afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a lot of things, right? Um, any, any way you want to look at it, like I was talking about money before, you work on a business that you're happy to work on because you found it within. The money will come later. That's second in line to what you actually like. The mental, the mental comes um, at the at the top. But then at the other side of, of it with the gym, if you're physically in better shape and you're physically sleeping better and you're just physically better, then that helps with your mental because it sort of helps your brain work and helps you the flow of your body just it's they're both like proper tied in together it's all just like health really mental health your normal health all fall in tandem with each other yeah 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 physical and mental yeah like i think sleep's a massive thing that people disregard sleep like if you're not personally i sleep like seven to eight hours a night and i think i need to sleep seven to eight hours a night yeah, you feel fully rested when you wake up the next day. It's so fucked up, like, um, the way we, well, I don't know about you, well, yeah, I guess you as well, we're sort of, not brought up, but the way we lived in our teens was 12am is not that late. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, even, to be fair, even now I look at the clock and think, oh, it's only, it's only 12. Um, but, yeah, you should be going. But then Kate, the way I look at her, she's like, oh, it's nine o'clock now. Um, I'm going to watch an episode of this and then go sleep. And then like ages ago, I was always like, what the fuck? And that is young. <laughs> uh, and then just go down some YouTube rabbit holes or something, which I'm not like, I know that because that's made me who I am today. But realizing that actually going to sleep early, you wake up and you're the next day, you're fucking, you're on form. Yeah. You're fresh. That's why I like waking. I like going to sleep early, waking up early, and then I just like feel good the whole day. And then by the time you're ready to go to sleep again, like about eight o'clock, you start feeling tired, and nine half nine, you start getting ready for bed, and then go to sleep at ten. Then wake up at six again the next day. Like it's just, it's a nice. I think it's that for me anyway. Yeah, but everyone's different. But that works perfect for me. Yeah. I like to um, get in bed. I, I tend to get in bed, watch TV or whatever, watch some YouTube, 
catch up on some news or, um, or whatever until about 10 and then I like reading for the, for the hour. Um, but recently, usually I can read a book and then sort of just nod off. But I've been reading that. I need to fucking read these other books for our book club. I've nearly finished the 12 rules. But um, I've been reading The Third Reich. And that's one book I, I just, it hooks me like a, like a, you know, binge watching a TV series. All right, yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to sleep, but I should read a little bit more, a little bit more. I've never ever had that with a book. I usually just nod off. Um, so. Does it make your mind like feel active after you read it? No, it's just how interesting it is. All right. Uh, the, the author. You recommend it? I'd recommend that book. To fucking anyone and everyone. You know more about Hitler now. Uh, I'm getting there. Uh, it's very because uh, it's massive. It's very slow. All right. So I'm still. He's not in any political power. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh bloody! You've been reading it for ages, though. Yeah. Well, I've been reading it like, and then uh, mm. another book as well, but um. Yeah, I'm excited to quit drinking, I think. Yeah, I'm like ready for it. I can't even be asked. I, I was ready for it like two, three months ago, I think. Yeah, but well, I'm, I'm glad I put a date on it to stop and I didn't just say, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to that point now where I'm going out drink, and when I am having a drink, I'm just thinking, getting home and thinking, ah, was it worth it? Like, not really. It's the next day I can't be asked with. Because I know even on a weekday, if I go out for two pints, I'm not going to wake up and go gym. And then I'll just be like, feel shit all day. I'll not feel shit all day, but I just won't be like, as 100%. And then, I feel like the workload that you can actually... The, not the workload, but your mind capacity of what you can actually do will like tenfold. Yeah. When you cut, it's a drug, isn't it? So you need to cut that drug out. Yeah. I was listening to someone. I don't know if it was Goggin said it or I was on another podcast, but he said that he, they've never met anybody who takes drugs and has their life in order. But classing alcohol as a drug as well? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You just said drugs. But... All right. Hmm. Because Joe Rogan takes a lot of drugs, and I feel like his art life is in very... Yeah. Oh, well, he said there's very few people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I think it was Andrew Tate, actually. Liking Andrew Tate more and more, the more, I, the more I'm listening. I've never, like... Apart from the Piers Morgan interview, I've never sat and just chose to watch him. He just sort of yeah. cracks up to me. <laughs> It just, crops yeah, up that's it. it just crops up on your uh, YouTube shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even on my like the, my normal feed now. It's, yeah, it's cropping up. I like his brother as well. His brother's smart. Trist- Trist- Tristan. Yeah. So do you know like the backstory of him? Uh no. Oh, so I know like the bits and pieces. I don't know it. All right. Like basically, Tristan, him and Tristan were both broke. Um, Tristan was working like a nine to five, and then. He was doing some sales or something. And then Andrew was like, oh, I'll get a job there as well. 
And then Tristan was like, no, he goes, don't get a job here. I will provide for us both on this paycheck. You go off and do like what you need to do and make us some like real money. So then Tristan was like providing for him when they were poor. And then um, Andrew obviously did his kickboxing and all his other stuff. And then made them real money. And then that's where they are today. Oh, right. That's why they're like pretty much joined by the hip now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what about their parents? His dad died. His dad was like a chess grandmaster or something. Yeah, oh shit, yeah, I heard about that. But he died mom, when they were young, right? Yeah, I don't know how old they were. Um, and his mum, his dad left his mum or they got divorced. So his dad was around like every now and then, but not much. But then yeah, I think his mum looks after him. His dad was from America, his mum's from UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't understand the hate. I can't get to grips with it. Yeah, I don't understand it either. But the more... the more I've listened to him, the more I've understood him. Mm. I, I can't understand I it. I think that's what people aren't doing. They're, not, they're listening to like little snippets of what he's saying and not listening to his, him properly. Is that Jordan Peterson? My problem with it is, with Jordan Peterson, um, I understand he needs to be a bit more careful in how he speaks and how he articulates himself, like he does, like he is. He still gets hate, but he did, he, I, I understand why he needs to be a little bit more careful. With Andrew Tate, he's just like you or me. Yeah, he's got shitloads of money, but we're not too careful on what, how we speak. But what, he was just like you and me. Imagine five, ten years' time, we're still the same, but we've got a massive audience. Then people are going to start judging us on what we say. But why? Because I'm just, we can say what was free speech. We can say whatever we want, however we want to say it. You can't be mad at someone because of the way they articulate themselves. Yeah. The way they articulate, and then his views on life are like, he's got a more traditional view on life. Yeah, but that's There's nothing wrong with that. I think someone said, I don't know if it was about Andrew Tate, but you, you've probably heard it before. It's like, you don't like a, a stand-up, you might not like Ricky Gervais. Okay, don't fucking buy a ticket to go and see him then. Shut up and get on with your life. But yet people still have a problem with Ricky Gervais. Just shut up and, if you don't like someone, don't fucking listen to him. If you don't like Andrew Tate, just don't fucking listen to him. Don't get annoyed at what he says, just fucking move on. But I don't, I can't get, I can, honestly, I can't get my head around why people get so annoyed at, he's not forcing anyone to do anything. He's not, he's just talking like you and me are talking right now. Yeah. I don't get it. Why all this hate from, but it's because, uh, because of the way he articulates himself though, isn't it? He's going against the grain as well. And he, he's not, he's going against what the narrative is. Yeah. Well, I know we weren't going to talk about this shit, but it's becoming more and more obvious, definitely with Kanye as well. And you say what you want about that Alex Jones interview. I know exactly what Kanye West was doing at that interview. Go on, what? He's just fucking pushing it out to see what 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 yeah. he can actually do. He doesn't see my liners. Yeah, he's obviously found some shit out and fucked Balenciaga off, fucked Adidas off. There, from what we're portrayed, it was their choice to cut Kanye out. It's not. He doesn't want anything to do with this shit. He's selling fucking 20 pounds um, 
$20 t-shirts now with Balenciaga scribbled out. Who is he? Yeah. I don't think he's dropped them yet, but they're all oh, going to be... Shall I show you one? But then, obviously, you've got Andrew Tate who's talking about get the fuck out of the Matrix. Like, it's, you, There's an opportunity now. You've got Basically, Andrew Tate saying there's a window that we're in for you to fucking realise that you need to get out of the Matrix. If you don't realise within this short window, you're like... But, and we've talked about this on the phone like, off, off the podcast, that there's a short window for people to realise. And if you don't realise, you're going to get eaten up. What's that saying? Um, people who are... Uh, the people who are most oppressed um don't think they're not oppressed so but that's what andrew tate is trying to say just get out of the fucking stop listening to the news stop believing all the shit you read on the internet and all these news articles mainstream media there's like and it's so from our i'd say our podcast we're on episode 17 there's been a hell of a research in um project for me because i've figured out so much shit of how yeah. this working. We both have. How well, the world works, how money works. What it all what it's all pointing to and yeah, it gets a bit dark and, and scary, but these people, Kanye West, Andrew Tate, even Jordan Peterson, they've figured this shit out. The difference with them though, they've got the financial means to escape the matrix. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's, that's why they've got us by the by the balls. Yeah. And you can even say like, or you can live a, you can live financially free if you sort of like reduce your means of living. So like, yeah, don't be so extravagant. But you're still going to be tied into the system. You yeah, need to yeah, be yeah. like a certain level of wealth like Andrew Tate or Kanye level of wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because you're reliant on money in that sense. Do you know yeah. tell you something that I figured out? Because I was looking at um, houses and then I was looking, I was looking into help, help, help to buy scheme. And then I was just thinking a government scheme, like, let me look into it because this is fucking dodgy. Do you know what I fucking realised? They've got, they're building in the UK, I don't know what they're doing in America, but they're building fucking mass plots of new builds, like m- m- millions of them and millions of new builds. But everyone's been saying for years that the shit quality, the shit quality, the shit quality. Like, why aren't, why aren't they putting any regulations in? Like, why are they not sorting? Why are they allowing for these plots to be built with such shit quality housing that's not going to last? You look at houses that, like, were made hundreds of years ago, they were built to last a lifetime of, well, multiple lifetimes of the, of humans. But then they're looking at these ones saying, would they even like, if there was to be a, a like a tornado or an earthquake or whatever in the UK, a lot of these houses are going to like, be broken. So when the government says this is a help to buy scheme, we'll give you the money. What it means, and then the building, all you, you can only do the help to buy on a new build. It's to get all these people into these new builds, which they know are going to break. And then when they break, they're going to say, what do we say? Um, create a problem and then provide a solution. Oh, shit, your house will come and uh, you don't even need to, we'll replace it. You don't need to pay for it. Uh, we'll own it, but you can live in it. 
that's what I think. That's what the this whole new build scheme is. And I, th I think normal housing are going to get taken down and replaced with new builds. Mm, I don't know if they'll replace normal housing. I don't know. Not yet. They're just filling up the empty land first, aren't they, with fucking mass pots of new builds. And then yeah, saying, yeah, we'll help you buy them. We'll, we'll help you move in, guys. And then I was thinking, why is the government going to give me money? Like They, they, want my, they take my money off me. Why are they going to be giving me some money? It's not to help nothing's, me. Nothing's free. Yeah, I thought I was thinking, so I started looking into it and going down to light YouTube rabbit holes, and I come to the conclusion that this is a fucking great reset scam. <laughs> yeah. Because they know um, they're going to break. I was listening to a guy, and he was talking about how they'll introduce the CBDC. Um, so... What they'll do is they'll entice the poor people, or I don't want to say poor people, the people with... The brokies. Yeah, the brokies, in with giving them free CBDC. Basically saying, oh, here's free five grand in the new currency. It's like, spend it however you want. And then <clears throat> they'll get them on board, and then the richer people, they'll save until last because they've obviously got massive amounts of wealth and they don't want everybody to move they don't want it one-on-one -on -one with the current currency otherwise there's no point because we're just in the same situation so they'll slowly take away or devalue the rich people's wealth until they have to move to the cbdc all right yeah it's all laid out this time I think we mentioned it on the last podcast about it feeling like we're coming to the end of a book. Yeah. And we've said that think, multiple times. The CBDC is fucking a weird one. Well, money itself is so fucked up anyway. That's okay. why like, my thinking is the only thing I can do with my money right now that I think has got some future benefit is buying assets with them. And the easiest asset we can buy is just digital assets. So crypto. Yeah. And that's what my thinking is now. But then this fucking FTX shit has just made me skeptical, skeptical as fuck. I don't know if it's so fucking deep. But yeah, but if you think about it, anything in the media is there to scare the people. If you think about it, yeah, the media aren't telling you your money is pretty much going to be worthless. The media haven't really publicised that um, America printed 40% of the USD money supply in 2020. So your money's worth 40% less. They've not said that, have they? Because they want you to be confident in the currency that's in play today. So why not make people sceptical of crypto where they're looking to move the money system too so they can keep it as low as possible if everyone stopped believing in the current currency today then it's worthless and this pound sterling that we've got is just a piece of paper yeah 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 if everybody went into like bitcoin for example and started spending bitcoin and then your local shop was accepting bitcoin 
and then your barber's accepting Bitcoin and everybody was just trading Bitcoin with each other. And that's the real, that's the new currency. That's what the people are using. That's the only way it's got legs is if it's being used. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, that's my, that's all my thinking is, is that's the only place where there's going to be some, otherwise your money's worthless anyway. Yeah. We weren't going deep on this one. Yeah. But I don't know. You don't know, do you? But from our research, and I'm pretty confident in it, of what's happening. I don't know how it's going to happen, how it's going to play out, what cryptocurrency is going to be used. Like, I've got an idea. Like, we've discussed it. Um, but I'm pretty confident of what's going to happen, but you just never know. And I think to be from looking like in the past and opportunities that like we've known about but missed out on. Like, is this something we know about and we've thoroughly researched? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess with like Andrew Tate and stuff, I know they've got financial freedom to the extent that I don't know that they've that they've got it, but they've got also got a platform with that money comes great platform and they're using that platform to make people aware that's why Kanye has been deplatformed I know Twitter is something different with his suspension there because he was just pushing the fucking boat to see like what free speech like there's free speech doesn't exist that's basically what he was doing proving that everyone thinks free speech exists right now he was just basically proving that it doesn't exist um that's all he was doing in that situation. And I don't know, call him crazy. I don't think he's crazy. There's a video of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying that he respects Hitler. Really? No one spoke about that. I think that was in the 70s or 80s though. No one said nothing. Mm. It was a different time, wasn't it? That was a time yeah. where probably free speech was allowed. Mm. Um, now it's, it's tough. It, this whole free speech has been rolled out to cancel people to stop them from talking about getting out of the matrix as Andrew Tate says. That's why it's yeah. all been put into place. It's not about dead naming someone. It's cancelling people who are talking about real real things. That's the the dead naming and all the that side of things is just more of a decoy to make can, cancelling people like normalise it. Yeah. And whilst everyone's fussing, it's a distraction then. Yeah. Distraction, yeah. Everyone's fussing about what gender they are or what, what gender they fit in, which is a fucking problem in itself. Because in that community chat, we're looking at that, that book that was being read to five year olds saying, choose your gender. Yeah. Um, um, so my thoughts on Elon have changed a bit. Are you skeptical about his behavior? Yeah, I think I said it in the community chat. Hmm. He just, he wants to turn Twitter into a WeChat replica. And then you've got WEF clan saying they want to replicate China's policies in the West. 
and you've got a guy who owns Twitter wanting to turn into WeChat, owns probably the next generation of networking through satellites, through SpaceX. Starlink. Starlink, sorry. Um, and he's recently been talking about releasing a phone. Mm. So you can be using your device on his network using his platform. And then he's... And FDA has signed, signed, signed off most of the Neuralink in humans. Yeah. So you're going to have his implant in your head with his platform on there. This is what I said like ages ago, like these, this Neuralink thing turns Elon into our God. Yeah. And was it on the Joe Rogan podcast I was listening to? Yeah, yesterday whilst I was driving, I listened to it. I don't even know what the, who the guest was. I think it, I just put it on my phone and was listening to it. And then he was saying the, the way you might have listened to it, the way humans are developing. And if you want to look at Elon being sort of a, a more developed human in a sense that he's got all the power to do whatever he wants, he's at the top of the chain of human development in that sense, that the only way forward, obviously there's, there's going to be stages to it, but the eventual goal is he's going to get full control of everyone in Earth, control the actual Earth, and then he'll what's next is doing spacex he's going to then expand into more control within the universe what does that sound like to you that's yeah. like a fucking god <laughs> so when do you look in and then i think he talks about ancient apocalypse um graham hancock's thing and then he was saying like these whatever was there before in obviously in a different in a different route of technology they would have had these godlike figures but and then we now might refer to them as the gods that we look at, but they would have just progressed on a different route of technology to become the people they were. If you look at like the, the gods of Hinduism, the gods of Christianity, the gods of whatever, they developed, because they, we know they've developed on a completely different path of technology because you don't find any fucking laptops like fossilized or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they took a completely different route. We will probably never be able to even come close to figuring out what route they took, but they would have got godlike characters at the end of it. And then something happened. We don't know if it was a natural thing for the ice age to happen, or if it was like something that, that, that civilization made. We don't actually know because we don't know what powers they had. Well, I was listening. I don't know if it's in Rogan or something. But he was saying that in the Amazon rainforest, that rainforest was is man-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was civilization there before. Yeah, the civil and the whole rainforest now is all because of man. And the same mm. that the soil there, it fertilizes itself, and nobody can figure out why or how and mm. why that's there in the Amazon rainforest. All right, that's well interesting. But you know, all these cities were in the rainforest. Mm around all this like where all this food is that's being grown with this soil there's so many unanswered questions out there it's weird but then it's like what graham hancock says is surely because everyone's so convinced on this the narrative of what civilization was before that surely 
if someone's like hiding something or someone knows because the narrative's so much against it there's no one's like oh actually let's explore that further they're all nope 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 that didn't happen it was a fucking ice age and then humans started <laughs> yeah But and then think, it, it makes you think like what are they hiding yeah so then you start delving into rabbit holes like what we were talking about last week about like the occult and satanism and all that shit and then recently this week i looked at fucking catholic church is another next thing where people are saying that that's satanic and there's a lot of secrets that are hidden in uh, Vatican yeah so whether they know something about our past that we don't know and then on another theory which sort of just came into my head then <laughs> it's a bit far-fetched maybe but if you think about like we don't know who the people are that are in charge we we only know the people that they want us to know who are in charge um, so it's not like Klaus Schwab's the man with, yeah. he's not going to be the man it's not like Elon's going to be the godlike figure I don't know well he, to us he will be but still puppeted by someone else he's, he might just be what you might call the messenger I guess I don't know but if right, so we go back to all these civilizations what's saying and then you're looking at like the way they're pushing unnatural remedies with Big Pharma and all that shit on us now all these like chemical infused just shy but they're really trying to stay away from natural healing and all this kind of stuff. But what if these civilizations, we know what we think that they were fucking advanced. Like you've just talked about the rainforest that can do that sort of cycle is like, we can't even work that out. Yeah. What if they knew more? What if they knew certain natural remedies to make you live longer or live forever, the human species? What if they work that out? What if they're, them ancient civilizations are still the ones that are in charge now, but they've they found something. They found a key to immortality. Whoa. And what if they're the ones that are still in charge? They've been around this whole time, and they just don't want it to be found out. That's mental. It's like the fucked up thing is. If I said this to you 10 years ago, you said, stop fucking smoking that weed, man. <laughs> but now... The funny thing is you don't even smoke weed anymore. <laughs> thinking about this. But now I've told you when we've gone through this year, two years of delving deep into the earth, it sounds like it could be a possibility. Therefore, with this... I, I love this ancient apocalypse. Um, yeah. And whatever is censored or... Whenever they try and stop someone from digging, it always raises my suspicion as to why. Mm. Like, why would you want to stop someone researching where, if there is a possibility that humanity started or civilization started way before we? Yeah, that's even information that we would thrive off as because then yeah. we could get more heads involved to look into it and find out so much more stuff. But because it's just been cut off and you've just got Graham Hancock. Yeah. Is that Graham Hancock and a handful of people that look into this stuff? Yeah. Well, imagine if you had like, I don't know, 20% of the 
of Earth's population looking into yeah. this. You find out so many more questions about humanity. Mm. But they don't want us to. That's what makes me think they're fucking... They're here still. Oh, I'm gonna, we're going to die, man. <laughs> no, don't stop saying that. Oh, yeah. We cracked the Matrix. Get Andrew to take on. But, um... Regarding CBDCs and the tyranny that they're probably going to bring. There's a country, uh, Ecuador, mm. and they are now using Bitcoin as their legal tender. Yeah, they've been doing that for a few months now, haven't they? Yeah, I think about a year. Yeah. Because yeah. India and another country are going to adopt the same thing that they're doing. First. India are doing their own CBDC. Oh, yeah, it's not the same CBDC, but it's the same model that they're using, right? Yeah, but Ecuador are using Bitcoin, so All right. it's decentralized. CBDC is going to be controlled by the government. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Ecuador's is all decentralized and freer. Yeah. You've got no government intervention with CBDC, with uh, Bitcoin, sorry. Hmm. India and Brazil are trialing CBDCs as we speak. Yeah, just in limited communities, right? Yeah. Mm. And then I reckon the UK, Rishi's that big on it, so next year, year after. Yeah, next year we'll start seeing things falling into place more. We've been working this out over probably just a couple of months. Yeah. And it's moving fast as we're seeing it. So it's only going to get faster as they line up more and more things. Um, I need to go for a piss. So we've been on for over two hours. Yeah, right, we'll call it now. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, nice one, guys. If you uh, want to be a guest on the show and you've anything that we've talked about today, you've got any uh, theories or inputs or different point of view, or you share the same point of view, then email us at the team at alt-alternative.co.uk. Yeah, and uh, follow us on Twitter. Alt underscore A-R-N. And then alt underscore C-A-M-E-R. I'll put them up both on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right. See you later, guys. Thanks, guys. See you later.